everyone. Welcome back to the Daily Gloss. This is Steph. Hope you guys are having a great Monday, great start to your week. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. Before we start, please go wish Lynn a happy birthday. This is the start of her birthday week. Happy birthday, Lynn! So please go wish her a happy birthday and make her day amazing. As she shares this day with Joe, y'all know the drill. Today's episode is going to be one that a few of you guys have asked and requested for me to share. I did mention that Andrew and I shared this story in our podcast together called We Are Shoemaker, which is on hiatus. After I totally announced that we were coming back, we went on hiatus because as you both know, as you guys know, we both have been working two jobs, and I recently just quit my our second job. Andrew's still working um, this past week, so that's some life updates. And I've been just trying to enjoy the summer with Miles and make sure that this summer is great and phenomenal for him. I want him to enjoy outdoor as much as possible, since that's something he really enjoys and loves to do. This past week has been just a wild ride. If you guys don't know, Andrew went to camping with men's from our church. And then I went and stayed with my sister. We were watching our kids together. And I realized I do not want that many kids. Uh, it is so hard. I We had one of our older niece come with us. And even that was so hard. Um, because, you know, she can only do so much as a 10-year-old. Um, and understand and, you know, discipline as much as she could. But overall, I think I was more stressed out because I had an interview lined up. You know, I was trying to help my sister while trying to prepare for this interview and, you know, also obviously succeed in the interview. I realized that I'm not good at interviews because I'm a terrible test taker. And interviews to me are like taking the test. Like I can do the homework, aka like I'm a hard worker, I'm loyal, I will be there, I, I will say yes and help you as much as possible. But if you put me in that test taking area of like whether I'm going to pass or not, man, that like makes me so nervous and overwhelmed. Um, So I had to prepare myself in the way that I prepare for, you know, exams and I had to study. This is not sponsored or anything, but I love LinkedIn Premium. They have amazing interviewing tips and scenarios and how to word things and how to work on your communication skills. So if you're also terrible like me, please get LinkedIn Premium. And if you don't have a LinkedIn, please get one because that is the best way to find jobs and to grow in the industry that you want to. That is all I'm going to spew. But this week is going to be amazing. Lynn's going to hang out with Joe and Gemma. That's what she's going to do and celebrate. They had the whole week off. We will catch up with her when she's back. And then I am also meeting Joe and Lynn on their exact birthday. We're taking our babies to the zoo. So we will update that as well. Um... What else is there? I don't think there's really much life updates besides that. I, if y'all hear that clinking, that's my better greens. I've been drinking um, this green morning juice from the company called Better Days Co. I will link in the show notes. But I don't know. I feel like it's good, but it's not like that good. It's pretty fruity. It has a lot of fruity flavors. And I'm not a sweet person. I love like a pungent green drink. And so for me, this this is really tasty. If you're someone who is like, oh my gosh, I cannot drink green or juice. Or like, I do not like the taste of like a greens, um, like anything greens, like smoothie, drinks, food. I think it's a great option because one, it doesn't have any green tasting at all. It doesn't taste like dirt it doesn't taste like grass it literally just tastes like lemonade and I think that's my problem is my problem is that I'm not a lemonade person so that interferes with my enjoyment for this drink but other than that I think it's still good as we start the story of you know Miles' birth story, I like I said, maybe you guys don't want to hear it from me and Andrew's point of view, but from just my point of view, I want to also say this before we start is that 
guess I did not want kids for the longest time, and I didn't want to have kids for the longest time. I think growing up as a girl, as a woman, I've thought about having kids as a kid, right? When you're in elementary school, all you ever known is just family. And obviously, I did think about having kids when I was in elementary school. But as I got older and not as confident in my babysitting skills, I was like, whoa, I am not. Like, like motherhood is not second nature to me. I'm not um, very good and knowledgeable, and it's not easy for me to be in that um, in that identity. And so I felt like I didn't have a good mentality, and I didn't have a good... I didn't have a healthy relationship with motherhood. Um, and so if you guys are wondering why it changed for me, and all of that is because during COVID, Andrew and I, you know, we talked a lot about our life and we, we reevaluated our life like everybody did. You know, we evaluated our jobs, where we're at, our relationship, our self. And I just realized that, I would rather fail than regret. And not that I would fail motherhood, but you know what I mean? Like, I would rather fail than regret. And so that was my mentality about a lot of things. And then realizing that I am a what-if person, I would always wonder, like, what if I didn't do this? Or what if I did that? And so because of that, I knew that I would always think about what if we had kids, right? And then... At that time, it would be way too late to even, like, make that an option in my life. And so with the mentality of I'd rather fail than regret, um, like, regret not doing it, I told Andrew that I think that we should start. And the reason we started trying or family building is because we were told that it takes, like, six months to a year, and we were so so okay with that. I was like, you know what? I I do need a year to prepare my heart, a year to like really dive into this idea. And during all of that, um, I came to realize that the reason why I didn't have a really healthy relationship with wanting to be a mom and the desire of having the desiring motherhood is because I didn't have a good perspective of motherhood from my own mom. And I didn't want to be like her. I didn't want to have all of these love issues. And I think that realizing that was super healthy, but I didn't know it at that time. Um, I just was always wondering why I never desired motherhood. Like it was not a desire of mine at all. And people would talk about how they desire to have kids and they desire that this family building. And I always felt like, wow, I am so out of the box. I'm not in this conversation at all because I don't have that I don't feel that and just working through a lot of that wrestling with that I think it's a good thing to wrestle with if you feel like if you feel like you you don't know why you feel that way like if you don't have a reason to why you feel that way and not that you do but from my experience I feel like it's wrestling with this thought of why don't I have the desire to be a mom is a good thing and then it's okay thing. I wrestled with it for many years. And when I finally came down to being pregnant, I realized that the reason is because I didn't want to be like my mom. And not that my mom was a terrible mom or anything like that. I think she just had a really hard time parenting because she didn't grow up with parents who were good parents. So she didn't know what was right or wrong. And, you know, obviously we give our parents grace as we all grow up and as we are learning ourselves, and my mom was a teen mom so what better did she know right and I'm like the seventh child so y'all know she was already like chaos with six other ones before me <laughs> and so I think that like my version of not wanting to be like her is like not wanting to love the way she loved where it felt like you have to prove yourself and earn her love and she's said that multiple times too um, whether she meant it as a joke or not, I think that is truly how she feels, where it's like you have to earn her love and earn things from her. And that was not something I wanted. And I was afraid that I would do that, you know, because you do repeat things. 
And I think that's why it was very hard for me to want to be a mom because I'm like, no way, because I know myself, you know, I know myself that I would do that. I might repeat that. And so I wrestled with it a lot. And as I figured out why I didn't want to be a mom, it was because of that. And so um, when I got pregnant with Miles, I started working on that. And I realized that having my first kid in my late 20s was not a bad thing. If anything, it was even better because during my 20s, as you guys know, Lynn and I talk about adulting. If you have not heard that episode, go listen to it. It's called How's Adulting. We talked about really fun to like deep stuff, right? Like to the good, good stuff of adulthood. And this part is the good part about adulthood is you can recognize and you can see what you want to be and you can choose who you want to be. I think that the reason it's been so great for me in my perspective of having kids at an older age is the fact that at in my 20s, I was willing to see my flaws and I was willing to heal from childhood traumas, heal from relationship traumas, heal from um, bad mentality, um, learning to love myself. And I think that spending my 20s in that area, along with having fun and developing who I want to be, like having those two things blended and marinated, really resulted me into being who I am today and being the best mom that I can be to Miles. With that said, as we got pregnant, I had a very, very difficult pregnancy because I'm a weak person. <laughs> I am so weak. I cannot tolerate pain. Pain hurts. Okay. Like if I get a paper cut, I am crying. I'm sorry. I'm weak with pain. I have zero pain tolerance. And so all the like symptoms you can get with pregnancy, there's a book and there's literally every month you can have like a certain symptom. I had every single one of them. I had lightning crutch. I had tailbone pain. I have butt pain. I had hip pain. I had sciatic nerves. All of that jazz I had. Um, it was so painful. I had swelling. I had such a high body heat. I was, <laughs> I was like so sweaty. I hated the summer. I hated summer heat so bad. I, I could not be outside. First trimester and third trimester. First trimester, I was in a very depressive state because I wasn't ready to be pregnant. We got pregnant a lot faster than we thought we would. So I was in a very depressive state of like, do I want this? I'm scared. And oh my gosh, what if all the fears and all the things I've worked towards like doesn't work? And what if I revert back? And what if it doesn't um what if it's not what I want it to be or thought it would be? Such as like, what if I become someone that I didn't want to be um, like to my child? And so as, you know, we're going through the whole pregnancy, second trimester, as everyone says, it's amazing. You have energy. You're ready to work. You're, you know, in the mood. You're, you're looking pregnant so you can wear, eat, whatever. And then third trimester comes along, and then that's when the pain comes back in even heavier than before because you're bigger, you're swelling, you know, all of that jazz. And so with that, I obviously am, like, struggling. And so my birth plan was to deliver vaginally with an epidural because I know that I have zero pain tolerance. I didn't know if I was going to breastfeed or not. I told my midwife that I, I'm i not sure. Um, I didn't make a decision on that yet because I don't know much about it. And I wish I did do my research. So if you are pregnant or wanting to be pregnant, please, please, I, I am going to tell you that you should just do your research on breastfeeding, take classes, learn about it. Um, because it is one of those journeys that is so personal. As you guys know, Lynn has said that it's so personal and it's so difficult yet so wonderful. And so I would highly recommend to do your research um, even before you're pregnant, during your pregnancy, and even after your pregnancy. So with that, um, 
during my last trimester, Miles was a kicker. He loved kicking, moving in the belly, and then um, when we were ready to, um, you know, prepare for his birth, we realized that he was not in the right position. So the right position is that the baby's head is facing down towards your legs, but Miles' head was right under my chest, and his butt was towards my legs. And because of that, he was folded in half. Um, so yeah, literally think about him just folded in half. His heel, I mean, his toes to his forehead. In my, you know, giant pregnant belly. Because of that, we had to opt for a C-section if it didn't work out of turning him. So for the whole week and a half, I remember the, f- the whole week, I went to a chiropractor, I went to the, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? Acupuncturist. And I also did all of these techniques. I also went to see a doctor who was supposed to be able to turn him. She was so scary. She did not even do it. I was so drugged. Um, I remember that week, I was so devastated. Like, I was just extremely devastated because I was already in so much pain from the pregnancy. Like, I cannot explain to you how much pain I was to the point where, like, I didn't see anybody. I didn't go out. I think I saw Lynn, like, maybe two times during my pregnancy because I was just in so much pain. I was exhausted. Um, Miles was, like, a really heavy baby. And because of that... Like, I didn't even go outside as well because I could not deal with the heat. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, I sidetracked because I was like, wait, what just happened? Um, But as we were preparing for his delivery and finding out that we had to opt for a C-section, I was devastated because, you know, I was in so much pain. And then they told me that, oh, when you get a C-section, just so you're aware that you're going to be in 6 to 12 weeks of pain, like after the delivery. And when you think about this, I've already, I've been dealing with pain for nine months. Like literally the day I found out I was pregnant, I had cramping, I had pain, I had like every inch of my body ached, growing miles. And so... When that happened, when we found out we had to get a C-section, like schedule a C-section, I was just so devastated. I like prayed so hard. I had all my friends like give me tips and tell me what to do. And like even my friends who 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 didn't have kids were like, hey, I heard this is like, you know, something you can try, something you can do. And I tried all of them and none of it worked, um, unfortunately. But I did try. Okay, so thank y'all. Thank you guys for the tips and tricks. <laughs> But Miles was just a really big baby. And so he couldn't turn. I just remember I prayed so much because I did not want the C-section because I was so afraid of being in pain. Like, I'm like, I can't do another three months of pain. Like, I literally told Andrew, I was like, I cannot do another three months of pain. I have been in pain so long. I've been waiting for this day so that I could be myself again. I can heal. And I can finally just like breathe because my body was so heavy. I was so bloated. That whole week of preparing, we went back to the doctors because after, I think during the last few weeks, we had to go to the doctor like once a week, I think. And I remember going back and they're like, sorry, he's not turned. Let's schedule a C-section. So we schedule a C-section. And so Andrew and I were like, okay, he's coming out next Monday. Right after Labor Day, okay, you know what? It's whatever. We scheduled it for the 7th of September. Now I kind of wish it was the 7th of September because, you know, when he's seven years old, it would be so cute. Okay, anyways, sidetracking again. I'm just thinking about his birthday, you know, like his golden birthday. It would be so cute if he was seven, but I'm sidetracking. Um, so that week, as we knew um, that Miles was going to be a C-section baby, We were just preparing. And again, please, please do your research on every delivery, okay? Because Andrew and I watched six hours of vaginal birthing. And I think we watched like one C-section 
um, video, and we both did not know anything. We both did not know enough, like the aftercare, what goes around, like what goes into preparing for a C-section, what the process is. Like we didn't do any research that week because obviously we're drained, we're tired, we've been praying, we've been crying and grieving the birth plans that we wanted. And then um, we also just was overwhelmed and we're like, okay, he he's coming. Let's prepare the house because we knew that with the C-section, we I would I was not gonna be able to go up up and down the stairs, so we had to redo like a make a makeshift bed downstairs create a makeshift bed downstairs sorry my words are like boop, out of my mouth but you know like as i knew that i just mentally prepare myself like okay you know what this is it this is what i have um i also believed that the lord was gonna you know do something else do something different for me i did continue to pray and ask for something more natural because when you have a c-section what i thought again i didn't do research but i thought that if you have a c-section you don't get your water broken you don't have contraction and stuff like that right because it's scheduled and it's the baby's not coming naturally so i think that is actually true the baby's not coming naturally so you're not gonna have any water breaking you're not gonna have any contraction you're not gonna feel like the whole delivery process and i think my advice for anybody who's preparing for this, like for birthing and in pregnancy or wanting to be pregnant is like, please continue to learn and do research so you're aware. Not that you have to be like a, a know-it-all. It's just like, oh, I'm aware of what's happening. I know what's happening. I know the process and I'm prepared for this process. So as a first-time mom, Please prepare yourself better than me, okay? <laughs> All right, be better than me. I would highly advise you to take a newborn course. I think that's essential. I know that not everybody wants to and they feel like, oh, I, I know it all, but every newborn is so different. Andrew and I wish we took the newborn course um, as well as our birthing course. The birthing course was we did recommend it because again we have no knowledge of birthing, and then um, so we did wish we took the newborn course so we didn't we weren't too surprised about things that happened, and um, we would be more prepared about the process of coming home with a newborn. Yeah, so as we were preparing, I have packed my hospital bag. A month prior, we left that in the car. I used the Bay's, I think it's a Bay's duffel bag. Yeah, the Bay's duffel bag. So great. I would highly recommend it. I did definitely overpacked a few things, such as my camera did not need it. My speaker did not need that because they didn't let me have it. And I did not even use my camera to vlog or anything because I was so tired. I packed two set of clothes which I did need I don't think I packed other things besides that I think I packed a towel which was unnecessary um yeah that's all I remember I just remember I packed a dress because I, w I had a c-section and I know that you couldn't wear pants so I remember packing a dress but I would highly recommend obviously your skincare make it minimal make it travel size a lip balm. Everyone says that, okay, because it's hundred percent true. Um, a sweater because the hospital can be cold, and a blanket for your spouse or for you if you don't want a sweater. Definitely compression socks, and then a pure outfit to go home in. Baby's clothes, baby's mittens, socks. Depending on the season that baby is born. Um, what else did I bring? Yeah, don't bring a towel. Don't bring a camera. Don't bring a speaker unless they allow you to have it. <laughs> yeah, that is the essentials that I would recommend. Going into the delivery part, what happened was that week, Andrew and I 
was preparing for his arrival because we knew he was going to come that Monday. No, that Tuesday because Monday was Labor Day. And because of that, I just remembered letting my manager know that, hey, I'm scheduled for a C-section on this day, but anything can happen. Saturday comes around. It's September 4th. The night before that, we went to watch Shang-Chi. Miles was wild in my stomach at the movie theater. Like any noise, he would love to do it. And I'm like, man, this child is kicking me so much. But you know what? Andrew and I, at the end of the week, for some reason during Shang-Chi, I had this like relief. On Friday night, I had this relief where I was like, you know what? Miles is coming on Tuesday. It is what it is. We're at the end of the week. We can't change anything. I just have to be happy. Like, I have to be happy with this outcome. And I just have to let things go and just enjoy it. And so I, for some reason, I don't know, Andrew and I, we literally both said this to each other. We're like, I feel happy. Like, even if we didn't get the delivery that we wanted, why do we feel happy? And we're both like, maybe because we know when he's coming. And that's exciting. And so... We went to, you know, watch Shang-Chi, went home, and Andrew's like, oh, you know, let's sleep in because, you know, these are the last few days we're going to sleep in. Me, on the other hand, no, let's wake up early and get coffee and croissants, which we did. <laughs> we went to Chungnam, and I'm traumatized forever because <laughs> that is the start of my delivery. So Saturday morning at 8 a.m., we woke up early, so early. Andrew hated waking up early because he is a sleeping in kind of person. And he was like, okay, let's go get coffee, your Vietnamese coffee and your croissants. So we go and get the most amazing croissants. They are so good. And then I got Vietnamese coffee. And during that time, it it's probably like 8.30-ish, going to 9. The reason we also woke up early is because I was getting my lashes done. Um, So I was like, let's just run some errands before, you know, we can't run them anymore. Got coffee, got croissants, we're eating it. And then we decided to stop at Target because um, if you don't know, a C-section, you have to have certain type of soap. You have to have a certain type of body wash. And a few things. Um, so I was, we had to run errands to prepare my body. Like I had to scrub it down a certain way um, before I enter the hospital. And so we ran to Target for two hours. I'm like walking around, y'all. I am like this pregnant girl walking around so like fast. And okay, in my head it was fast, but I'm probably slow as heck. <laughs> But, you know, I was I had like so much energy. I'm drinking my coffee. And then, um, you know, it's like close to 12. And I tell Andrew like, hey, let's run to my last appointment early and go to Best Buy next door because we have to return this remote controller. We go into Best Buy. Well, OK, backtracking. I get in the car after Target and I tell Andrew, hmm, I just peed myself. That's so weird. And Andrew's like, okay. And he's like, did that happen before? And I told him like, yeah, it's happened a few times. But I don't know. Like, obviously, this is my first time, y'all. Okay. So I was like, I don't know. I peed myself. Like, you know, little pee of a few times. So this is probably nothing. We're going to Best Buy and we get out of the car I'm like walking and then I tell Andrew like, yeah, you go return the remote controller. I'm going to go to the bathroom and wipe myself. I go in the bathroom, what feels like forever. I'm going in there. I'm like sitting down and I'm like, hmm, I'm not peeing. But as soon as I stand up, water's like trickling down my leg. And it's not like gushing. It's just literally like a, a tiny stream. It's like when you're crying, right? That's how it feels. And so I'm like, weird. And so then I sit back down and I keep repeating this. I'm pretty sure I was in the bathroom for like 10 minutes. I'm like sitting down. I'm like, what the heck is happening? I am not peeing. But every time I stand, I keep peeing myself. What the heck? Like I was getting so frustrated in the 
in the bathroom stall. And I was in the big bathroom stall too, okay? So I was like, what the heck is happening? And for some reason, after 10, 15 minutes, it clicked in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, my water broke. But I think the reason why it clicked for me is because the water kept coming heavier. When I say trickle again, it's like when you're slowly crying, right? That's how it feels. Like It's just like one slow tear. And then it becomes more and more. So then I get out of the bathroom. I'm like speed walking to Andrew. Thank goodness I'm wearing a black dress. I'm like trying to find Andrew. And I'm like looking for him. And then I run to the front where he is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my water broke. And Andrew's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm just peeing myself. These are the exact same words. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, oh my gosh, like, what do we do? And so we just like run out of Best Buy which my um, last appointment was literally next door. Next door to Best Buy. I said that weird. It was next door to Best Buy. We're running out the door. I call my sister and my brother-in-law picks up and he was like, oh, hey, Steph, what's what's up, right? And I'm like, oh, is, you know, is Christy awake? And then he was like, no, she's still sleepy. I'm like, oh, I don't know if you know this, but like, Water's coming down my leg. Does that mean my water broke? <laughs> okay, because my brother, he's experienced. Okay, my brother-in-law is experienced. So I'm like, I don't know if you know this. And he was like, oh my gosh, let me go wake up your sister. So he goes and wake up my sister. And then my sister's like, yeah. And I'm like, how do I know my water broke? And I'm like, water's coming down my legs. And then she was like, oh yeah, your water broke. You need to go to the hospital. Or she goes, oh, you can wait. Why don't you call the hospital and see what they want you to do? What they told me is that if your water breaks, you need to come in right away. You are a scheduled C-section patient. And I told my sister that, and she's like, just call the hospital, double check. So I called the hospital, and obviously we're on a weekend, so you only get the weekend calls, like the weekend pick, um, people. And they call, and they're like, I mean, I called, and they pick up. They're like, you know, I don't think you need to go in. Why don't you wait until you get contractions? And I'm like, um, okay. And it's not the hospital. It was the clinic that I called because that's the number that I had. And so I was like, um, okay. I was like, okay. So then I tell my sister, like, they told me that I don't need to go in. I'm confused because I was told I should go in. So my sister's like, hey, you know what? Just go get your stuff and then um, call again, right? We are already at by the hospital. Our hospital is 45 minutes away from our house. And we were... 10 minutes away from the hospital. We drove back home. I know. We are crazy. And on the drive home, Andrew was like, Stephanie, do you even remember what you prayed for this morning? And I was like, what? And I was like, well, yeah, I know I prayed for this. <laughs> and he was like, you literally did this. <laughs> because on our way to Chungnam, I I said, you know what? I'm just so sad because... All I wanted to know was the feeling of this. Like, it's nine months. I should, I deserve to have my water broken or have contractions before the C-section. Like, having a C-section is just so devastating because to me, I can't explain what labor feels like to anybody, like to none of my friends. And so... um I remember saying that to Andrew and I was like, God, like, I just want my water to break or at least feel contraction. If I could just have that, then like, let the C-section be the C-section. Like, I just want to feel what labor is. And then that is exactly what we got that day. I called my um, lash girl, Bowie. Thank you, girl, for accommodating. And she was like, oh, my gosh, no, don't worry about it. You know, like, you are okay. And so I was, I just remember, like, I had to text her and I had to call her work because she was with another patient. And I left a voicemail like, hey, I was, you know, scheduled for this person and my water broke. I'm not going to come in. I know that it's, my appointment's only 30 minutes <laughs> away. But, yeah, so we came back home, did all our thing. We did the acupuncturist um, technique. And Miles was going crazy. I remember putting makeup on because I'm like, I'm not about going to looking like this. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to go in looking good um, because I'm having a C-section. So I know I wasn't going to sweat or anything. So I just told Andrew, 
man, I have to put lashes on because my appointment was so late. And it was so weird because I never book a late appointment. But for some reason that day, I decided to book a late appointment. And um, while I was doing my makeup, I felt my first contraction. And I was like, woof, man, that wasn't that bad. And then I felt a second one. And then I felt a third one. And I was telling Andrew, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is what it feels like. It it, it hurts. My Again, I'm weak, so you guys do not have to take my words. But I was like, oh, the first few was okay. And then it literally hit so hard, right? I don't know what happened, but that fifth contraction hit me so freaking hard. I started heaving, sweating. I couldn't breathe. I, my, st- my sister was on the phone with me, and she was like, Stephanie, just breathe. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I have to go take a number two. Like, oh, my gosh. And she was like, if you, need to, if you feel like you need to use the bathroom, go use the bathroom. And Andrew is, like, telling me, no, don't use the bathroom. I heard that if you use the bathroom, the baby could come. Y'all. Me and Andrew, we're just, like, such newbie that we, like, took in everything like that, okay? And I was like, no, I think I need to use the bathroom. I think I need to use the bathroom. So I'm, like, telling Andrew, like, get down here, you know, downstairs. And I was like, um, because I needed to go to the bathroom and I needed water because I was, I was going to faint. I could feel my entire head spinning. I sat down. I was sweating so hard and... Oh my gosh, it was the worst pain of my entire life. I can't even explain to you besides that fact that it was the worst pain of my entire life. It felt like a stomach ache slash cramp slash somebody beating the crap out of you. <laughs> That's how I felt. Um, but as I got up, because I told my sister, I think I'm going to use the bathroom because I think I need to use the bathroom. I get up and I'm walking and I said, I think I'm going to faint. And then my sister's like, sit down, like over the phone, right? And then Andrew's like standing like diagonal for me i faint and slam my face onto our bathroom wall like the door and andrew like grabs me and she's like what are you and he's like what are you doing like and i said i need to use the bathroom he's like no and i told him like i and then chrissy's like explained to him like just let her use the bathroom she might need to just you know take a number two and so then i do my thing and I like instantly felt so much better. And I turned to Andrew and I said, we're going to the hospital now because I cannot with this contraction and I'm not going to do it with these contraction. I was like, this is why the Lord gave me a C-section. He knew I am, I am so weak. I cannot do this. I cannot breathe. Because I just remember like when it was leading up to the really bad contraction, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh my. Like that was all my words. I was like, oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Like this is not gonna work for me and so we grab our bag we like head out the door I call the hospital again and they're like and I tell them like hey this is my name I was scheduled for c-section on this day and they're like and I said my water broke and they're like when did your water break I'm like two hours ago they're like oh my gosh you need to come in right now like when your water broke you should have came in and I was like well someone else told me that I shouldn't have come in and that if I don't have a contraction, if I felt okay, I didn't need to come in. And they're like, no, you're a scheduled patient. You need to come in right now. So Andrew and I rushed to the hospital, but obviously safely, obviously. And that was probably around like, I would say 2 p.m. And so we get to the hospital. We're like, it's so crazy. We get to the hospital and we're going up the elevators Well, we tell like the front security guy like hey we're here for the delivery like labor and delivery like and then he's like okay you go this way go up these elevators go through these doors right and i just remember like andrew and i like okay yeah they said go up these elevators and like we're going doing the whole thing and then as we're like in the as we're on the floor of the delivery room floor we looked at each other like what door do we go through because there was three doors and funny enough out of the other door, my midwife shows up and she was like, Stephanie. And I was like, oh my gosh, Brie. And she's, she looks at me and she's like, she's, she's like, you're having baby. I'm like, yes. And then she's like, let me show you where you're going to give, you know, give birth. And so like, she checks us in and then she, um, she's like, oh my gosh, so excited. I just delivered. And she's like, I'm on to my next patient. And she was like, you're going to be fine. You're in good hands. Right. Um, so we're like, we're checked into the room. Andrew and I 
you know, have our stuff all set up, set out. And I just remember like laying there and they're like plugging me in, needling me, strapping me. And um, the nurses was like, um, sorry if you guys hear that Ahsoka is scratching herself. The nurse is like, do you see these lines? You're contracting so hard. Do you feel it? I'm like, I feel nothing. <laughs> I feel nothing at all. And I think the reason being is because Miles was breached. And because of that, I didn't feel like the crazy contractions. Or maybe because I was sitting. Because they said, if you sit down, you don't feel it. If you stand up, you will feel it. Um, so that was what happened of me going into labor. And I... And on our way there, Andrew and I were pretty nervous because our scheduled surgeon, she was very, um, very stern. She was very not happy or upbeat. And so Andrew and I were like, oh, man, like, that's our surgeon. She didn't, she didn't, she had bad bedside, bedside manners, but they also said she was one of the best surgeons, right? And so we we're like, man, like. Unfortunately, that is our surgeon. And so when Saturday came around, we were like, who are we going to have now? Because she's not on the clock. And comes our surgeon. And she is so amazing. She's upbeat. And she's like, today you're going to be a mom. Like, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. You're going to be, like, great on this journey. Like, she was so encouraging. And all of our nurses were so encouraging. Every single nurse there was amazing. Even the nurses that worked with us um, during the time we had to meet with our the surgeon that we were pretty much afraid about, um, that we were afraid to have and go with, all the nurses were amazing. And then these nurses on the day of delivery was amazing too. And so Andrew and I looked at each other after she, our nice surgeon came in. We literally were like, wow, God totally planned this because we both were so nervous about the scheduled surgeon that this unexpected surgeon was super upbeat, was everything we wanted, encouraging, supportive, and excited for us. And so, you know, we're, we've been in the waiting room for like, a, not waiting room, but, you know, in the room being monitored for a few hours. And then they're like, okay, you're wa- it's official, your water is broken. And we, te- we had to get tested for COVID and such like that too. So we had to wait for those test results. And then um, we had to wait for the surgeon to be done with an um like the, I think we had to wait for a, a surgeon to be done with the operating room, and they had to like obviously clean it and stuff like that. So, um, as we were preparing for the room, I had no idea that I was going in the operating room again. I like I said, do your research, okay? Do not be like me. I didn't know you go to an operating room for the C section, <laughs> and so I'm like sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm gonna have my baby here in this room, y'all. Why did I have that mentality? I don't know. I have no idea why I had that mentality. So then um, they come to me and they're like, okay, it's ready for you. Let's go. And I'm like, huh? Okay. I guess we're going to a different room. I get up. Andrew's like, has to wait. I have to go in first. He has to wait and he has to um, wash and clean himself and then wear like this gown. So I'm going to the waiting, uh, the operating room. Not knowing that I'm going to in an operating room. I, I'm walking, following the nurse. And then as I get there, I'm like, what the heck? It's this clean, white, silver, entire thing. Literally like the movies. Huge, huge. And I'm like, I started getting nervous. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What if I feel the pain? Because I already have so much pain. What if I feel the knife? What? Like, what if it goes wrong? What if nothing works? And so I go in, get my numbing numbing shot. Y'all, I can't even ex- explain how much freaking needles I went through during pregnancy. And then, you know, I'm laying there. I I started shaking so bad. And then I look at my um, anesthesia nurse. And she's, a, she's such a sweet lady. She's a lot older. And I'm, like, shaking. And then for some reason, I told her, I'm like... I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm shaking. And then she looked at me and she's like, it's okay, honey. She's like, I want you to know this is totally normal. You're nervous. You're excited. And also it's the, uh, she's like, sometimes it's the anesthesia, like making your body overwork. Um, So she's like, don't worry. You're like, it's totally okay. 
And then like later to her, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to vomit. <laughs> and she's like, that's okay. Because the thing is, I was not supposed to eat. You cannot eat if you have a C-section because you, you will vomit, you know. So I had this nauseous feeling the entire time. And um, so before Andrew came in, I was having that whole conversation with my um, anesthesia nurse. And then after that conversation, my surgeon confirmed with me like, okay, I just pinched you in these areas and you're numb. You didn't react to me. We're good. So even after that, I was still so freaking nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel pain. I'm going to feel the knife. I'm so nervous. What if I feel it? And Andrew comes in. And he's like, he's like, are you okay? And I like couldn't utter a word because I was so freaking emotional. I think it was literally the the drugs they put me on to. Okay, like the Tylenol and stuff. I was so emotional. I'm like shaking. And I told him like, I don't know why I'm shaking. And then I said, they said it's because I'm nervous. And he was like, I'm nervous too. And I'm like, you're not helping me at all. <laughs> and so Andrew's like standing there. Like he's not standing, but he like ends up being behind the, he has to be behind the blue curtain by my head. And he had to sit down. And he's like, it's okay. He's like, we're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm just like, I can't explain how shaky I was. Like, it was so bad. I felt like I looked like I was probably like doing drugs or something. And I was withdrawing. That's how it looked like. Um, but when he came in the room and reassured me, even then I was still so nervous and it was probably like a 15-minute surgery. Miles came out. I remember the one of the male doctors was like, okay, dad, are you ready for photos? And Andrew, was, he said his mindset was like, oh, my gosh, that's the first time someone called me dad, you know. And so he looks at me like, do you want photos? And I'm looking at him like, boy, you better take pictures. I don't care how ugly it looks. We need the memories. And so then when... We were going through the whole process. I just remember um, there's an um, the song Another in the Fire by Hillsong came in my head and it just played over and over and over. And the Lord was like, I'm here with you. Don't worry. Like, whatever you're going through, I'm here. I see it. I'm protecting you. I'm covering you. Like, I just felt everything with that song. Like, I just heard the Holy Spirit just say all of that in that song to me. And in my head, y'all not even playing at all and so then um when miles came out and they you know made him pat his back to cry obviously because he's c-section baby um he cried and they're all like happy birthday miles and it was so phenomenal that room andrew and i felt like it was such a positive energy like every single nurse and doctor was so positive and so excited and they kept saying like congratulations and they're like happy birthday mile happy birthday and we were andrew and i were like wow that's not even something we think about like when a baby is born we don't think happy birthday you know like we don't we just think like welcome to the world but all the nurses they were and all the nurse right male and female they're all like happy birthday miles happy birthday like they all said that to him that like as as he was born as they were like taking care of him wiping him measuring him and andrew went you know to follow them and i i had one of the best c-section experience that i could have um dealing with nurses and surgeons i would say that it was traumatizing i was really really traumatized by that whole experience because again it came out of the left field for me i was not expecting any of these i was not expecting the operating room i was not expecting um the medication i was on i didn't i was not expecting the amount of pain i was in and you know mentally i tried my hardest to be prepared for the surgery and even then it was still hard right and our expectation versus reality for this was way off you know we thought that it would be very simple but then the reality was that I couldn't do anything I couldn't help Andrew at all I I had to rely on him to take care of me and Miles. I couldn't roll over I couldn't get up I couldn't bend down everything was just extremely painful for me and so as you know we were going through the whole labor and entire delivery 
we we were so excited. I remember Andrew brought Miles next to my head, and he was like, he like say hi, and I couldn't say hi. Like I was so freaking emotional. And if you know me, you know I am not an emotional person. I don't cry at all. But after. Not after, but during pregnancy, I was the biggest crybaby ever. I don't know why. I just became like super hormonal. I cry easily. I feel easily. I empathize like deeper than before. And so when, you know, Andrew put Miles next to my head and for me to say hi to him, I couldn't. I like was choked up. I was like, I'm going to be so freaking emotional in this freaking room in front of these people. Not that I cared, but I, I literally just couldn't utter high because it was so surreal you know and when I looked at Miles I was like you are exactly what I imagined from the um from the scans you know like you looked exactly like I thought you would and it's so weird because the picture in my head I can't explain to anybody obviously because it's in my head but when I looked at Miles I'm like yep that's exactly what I envisioned you to look like you looked exactly like that I knew you were gonna look like that and um we went to the postpartum room. We learned. I tried breastfeeding. It was the hardest journey for me. I couldn't mentally do it. I couldn't physically do it. And so, you know, as we go into the postpartum journey of this, if you've been following me again, you know that I had a really, really easy and then hard postpartum. The recovery of my postpartum was so long I think it took more than 12 weeks again because my pain tolerance was really really low I couldn't do much um people said like oh after two weeks you know you're good I I think it took me probably like a month and a half to really walk normally and walk at a normal pace um and I would say that it was exactly what I expected to be like that it was difficult when Andrew and I came home, we were, we were like, oh my gosh, this is so rough. You know, people say that you lose sleep and you don't sleep for days. And it's true. Um, I think the first month, Andrew and I probably slept like two hours a day. Not that Miles was a, not that Miles was a, um, cr- like a baby who cried a lot. It was just the fact that Miles needed milk every two to three hours and he would stay on that schedule. So he would whine and cry and, I remember the first week after we came home, I told Andrew, I don't think I can do this. I cannot do this. I'm tired. I I need sleep. And I feel like I'm not doing good enough. I can't help you. And I just remember, like, I literally bawled my eyes. And Andrew's like, what are you talking about? You're fine. You know, you, you just gave birth. And it was so, you know, hard on you. And, like, let me do everything. Don't worry about it. Just go to sleep. I will care for Miles. And, you know, he did the best he could because sometimes I had to wake that child up, okay? I had to wake this boy up to get Miles because I was in the other room and I couldn't get up fast enough. Like, you know, when you had C-section, you had to move a certain way and obviously you had to be very careful. And if I move, I always felt like I was going to split myself open. (laughs) So the recovery was a lot harder than I anticipated um i knew it was gonna be long i just didn't know how rough it would be um and you know what postpartum is so different for everyone i think like andrew having six week off was so beneficial it was helpful for me i cannot imagine parents who who have kids and they only have a week or two weeks off that's not enough time for the mother to adapt to another lifestyle another human being another routine like dads need to have the same amount of maternity leave as a a mom like it's just so it doesn't make sense to me okay america needs to get it better need to get it together and with that that was my entire delivery and laboring story i kind of recap it as short as possible for this hour i think that after Two years of seeing how life played out, it makes sense. You know, my C-section was not in vain. My C-section was a, a place for me to really empathize and feel for mothers who didn't get the birth plan that they wanted. 
pregnancy needs to be more positive. And I hope this is a very, very positive story and not something negative. This is my experience that I want to share with you all. And it's one of the most intimate and personal experience of my life. And I know that all of this is not in vain and it is just something to relate to you. And it's just my thoughts and my experience with pregnancy and with my delivery None of this is regretful. None of this is um, something that took a toll on me or made me feel a certain way. If anything, it made me grown as a person so much and value these experiences. I love listening to birth story. I love reading about it, especially when they're my friends. I love to know what they did, how they did it. What was their mindset and, you know, what was their experience? Those are phenomenal to me. Any woman who gives birth, you are a superwoman. Anyone who takes care of kids, you are a superwoman. That Whether that's your own kids, your niece, your nephews, um, your teacher, your daycare taker, phenomenal. Super, super powerful. That is not something that comes light or easy. And to end it off, one thing about parenthood that has truly changed me is my deep, deep empathy for people who doesn't desire kids, you know, because that was me before. And I just want to encourage you that if you don't want kids, that is okay. That is your choice. That is your body. But if you ever change your mind... It's okay too. It's okay to change your mind. And it's okay to say, you know what? I think I want it. And I think I'm ready for it. It is something to mentally prepare yourself for. Having kids is not just a physical thing. It is a mental thing. Like, are you mentally ready? Because it would challenge you and it will make you have the highest of high adrenaline of excitement and love and joy and um unfathomness like you can't um, you can't even fathom how this child grew as you're working how they understand things and how their brain works it's like so unexplainable and indescribable and it's a love like everyone says it's a love of your own you can only experience that love by yourself and it's really truly made me just empathize so much more with people. I think that, like, having kids is, as as someone who didn't want to have kids to someone who does want to have kids now, it is a phenomenal decision that you have to make and that no one can pressure you to make. I think once you make that decision... only you can understand the joy of it. No one can explain the joy of it. Like, even... Me, someone who didn't want to have kids to have kids, I can't, I can't tell you like, oh, it's going to bring you so much joy because you are your own person and you know your own limits. You know your own mental limits, your own physical and your own, you know, the things that you deal with. Um, but I would have to say that for me as someone who has tr- just wrestled with this so much, mentally heal myself and mentally prepare myself, I think having kids at an older age just gives you and allows you room to grow um, even more so and learn new things about yourself. And I think that's like one thing about parenthood that's truly changed is the way I empathize with people who have kids and people who don't have kids. And I love that. So all and both are joyful. Thank you all for listening and tuning in to another episode of The Daily Claws. I hope you enjoy Miles' birth story and that it encourages you and gives you some insight to what I went through and my experience. Do not make it your own experience, please. I don't want you to feel like this is what you're going to have to suffer through just because I'm a weakling, okay? Y'all remember that. I am very, very weak. I have zero pain tolerance. Um, but I hope this is a very, very positive birth story Birth stories are meant to be positive. Don't allow anybody to tell you when you should have kids, when you should be ready. That is your own decision. To have kids or to not have kids, both are joyous, both are joyful. Um, but it's 
your choice. All right, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.